0: Hello, 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 and welcome. This is Talk the Plank, episode 78 of the Pittsburgh Pirates podcast on SB Nation's Buck Stugout. I'm Nathan Hirsch. I'm with Jake Slobodnik. It's been a little while since we've talked because, uh, honestly, the Pirates really haven't given much to talk about. They have just been absolutely horrid since the All-Star break. Jake, what's going on?
1: Oh, nothing much. You're right. It has been an absolute minute since we last talked. Uh, but like you said, the Pirates haven't really given us anything to talk about. Um, and I mean, it only, it, it, you can only stay so fresh, you know, talking about how bad the Pirates are and how bad the organization is. And you can only say Bob Nutting's a cheap ass every once in a while without it getting old. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to scrape together things to talk about when the team hasn't really done anything of note. They won a few games, but overall they've just been so so bad man like uh man but other than that personal life's going pretty well um high school football starts tonight at the time of recording and radio stations i cover we're going to be busy covering four games tonight uh it's going to be an eventful night so um and the funniest part is we're actually canning the pirates game so we can broadcast high school football which is probably a a move that I think everybody could get behind because obviously there's more intrigue with high school football than pirates, August baseball.
0: Yeah. And it's sad to say, cause uh, you know, everyone wants to see the pirates do well, but as it currently stands, the pirates are 47 and 77. They're now on pace to lose a hundred games yet again. They actually have to do some, some real work to not lose hundred games. Uh, they have, let's see, they have the worst record, second worst record in the national league. They are in last place in the NL central. Uh, they have the fourth, sorry, the third worst record in all of baseball. So yeah, things, things are pretty much back to the status quo for the pirates. And, Um, You know, looking at the schedule, they have lost five straight. And before that, they were able to win two in a row. But before that, they had lost another one, two, three, four, six straight. So pretty much what they've lost 11 out of 13. I think they have like six wins since the All-Star break. It's just, I mean... I guess embrace the tank at this point because there's really no other there's really no other option but I think uh you know I've probably said this about five times on this podcast. All right, this is rock bottom. We've reached rock bottom. This is rock bottom. I I would like to say that we're currently at rock bottom, but I just can't promise that because um You know, with Ben Sherrington and Co., I don't really see where rock bottom might be. I mean, you look at it, you look at this roster. I was just looking at fan graphs and I laughed. You know who's third on the Pirates in F-War position player-wise? I'm guessing it's somebody who is no longer with the team. It's Jack Swinski, who's been down in the minors for like, I don't even know how long. A pretty long time. Um, I just, you know, some of these lineups are just, they're not great. Um, I don't know. Is there—is there anything you really want to talk about with this team that uh, that you're dying to get off your chest?
1: I mean, there's a lot, really, that we could sort of dissect about where the Pirates are right now because I think you and I can both agree that at this point in the rebuild, they should not be this bad. Um, this is numbers, obviously from last year, and what we should have probably seen with a full 162 season in 2020. Um, but like, I, I don't roster is terrible. I still am trying to put the puzzle together as how Josh Van Meter holds a roster spot. Like, it, out of all the roster moves, I thought he would have been one of the first off the chopping block, and I don't want to hear anybody tell me about his versatility as you know as a fielder because the dude sucks anywhere he plays i mean he just he is such dead weight and the fact that we still have him for some odd reason just absolutely baffles me and um i will i will say i think it's time to bring up some of the other guys from triple a uh one notably being uh g1 day i mean i think his time has come to finally be promoted but i don't know what's what's sort of weighing him down in triple A. I don't think he has anything left to show. Jack Sawinski, yeah, he's the high third highest in F4 for the Pirates this season. He hasn't been with the Pirates since God knows how long. But if you look at his numbers down in AAA, I mean he's striking out more than he's making contact. So I I mean I kinda see why they haven't brought him back up yet, but it it's such a confusing puzzle to put together. The pitching Uh, I I don't know what to say about it. Starting rotation has gotten slightly better in terms of Mitch Keller, JT Brubaker, but they're still not great. Um, Obviously with Quintana being dealt weeks ago, it's left a big veteran gap in the rotation. And now you just have a bunch of these younger guys who don't really know what to do. um, who haven't really found the rhythm who could use that leadership. They're now either sinking or swimming and, more often than not, it's sinking. Um, brew bakers had a handful of starts that have looked pretty well to start off. And then he has that one bad inning and it just all goes to hell. Um, Bryce Wilson has looked nah, not the greatest, but also he has, he has looked a little bit better, arguably. Um, and then the option to do an opener every fifth game, I'm sorry, but the third year of the rebuild, we should not be using openers in any scenario unless a slew of unfortunate injuries. And right now we're not at that point. So the re I, I don't know if they're trying to convert Tyler Beatty back into a starter, you know, fix something that isn't broken. He was doing just fine as a reliever, but no, we, for some reason, we needed to bring, move him back to the rotation. Um, I'll hand it to him. He's looked okay, but still, I don't see why we have to use an opener when we have possible young arms down in the farm system that we could at least give a shot to, especially Cody Bolton. Yeah, he missed last season, but I think he's proven this year that he deserves at least a shot in the major leagues. And if we're bringing up all these guys, we might as well do it. Why not? I'd rather see a known starting pitcher every every fifth day other than an opener. I think the concept of an opener, like I said, barring serious injury, is is so dumb i think it is so stupid it it's worked in the playoffs before but uh, but for a struggling team you know what you're getting you're getting a terrible arm to open the game something you could pile runs on with um the state of the pirates i think is just in a complete in complete shambles like i i feel like ben Sherrington got a little too full of himself at this trade deadline um and maybe over the past offseason season because he he's gotten so accustomed to dealing away pieces for prospects. But now we're at that point where, I mean, you're trying to, you're trying to rebuild a house with popsicle sticks and bubble gum. It's just not going to work. And he's trading off pieces that don't get much interest. So you don't get that great of a return. And I'm sorry. I'm not overly impressed with Colin Holderman still. And I will die on that Hill. I'm not impressed with him. Um, Uh, Malcolm Nunez, I think, is the only good piece of this trade deadline that we got. And I remember I was not for it whenever he first came over. But, man, he's looked really good in double-A. But other than that, I'm not overly impressed with where this team is at. Like I said before, this is not where we should be at this stage in the rebuild. This is where we should have been two years ago, if not last year, being the final year of this this awful, awful starting nine that we get dealt every single game. My big question that I want to know is how do these guys go to AAA when they get demoted and absolutely rake? Like Kevin Padlow, first of all, I have no idea why the hell we even got him. Second of all, if you look at down to what he's doing in AAA right now, he's hitting 462 on the season, and he's gotten a hit in every game since being demoted. But yet with the Pirates, he goes oh for like twenty nine. It makes no sense to me. It makes me think there's a a developmental gap in the MLB, and there's something going on in the miners that is actually way above what the pirates are actually doing. I can't put it together, but that's what I'm seeing. I just don't understand how the pirates are this bad. I don't know if it's a front office thing. I don't know if it's an on-field thing. I don't know if it's a chemistry thing. I don't know what this what this solution is. Maybe you have a better idea of where, of where we're at, but this is not where we should be. Yeah, I mean, you know...
0: The saying today is that a lot of like scouts and experts quote unquote say uh, is that, you know, the the gap between AAA and the majors has never been bigger, yada, 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 which that does seem true. But there, I mean, I, I don't know philosophy wise, like, you know, why, why are they struggling so, so much to hit at the major league level? Um I guess like some of these players need some more time, but yeah, you look at it like the pirates on the position player side, they're just there's just a lot of like potential quad a players. I mean, I hate to say it, but like you look at like Rodolfo Castro or like a Hoy Park or like a Cal Mitchell or a Bly Madris or even my guy Jack Sawinski or Diego Castillo. Or to, to capita Marcano, or whatever. The list goes on and on. I mean, I'm still looking at it. Um, you know, Greg Allen, even though he's not really a prospect, he's just a straight up quad A guy. But a lot of these guys, they just look like quad A players, and some of are, some of them are young and early in the season. It looked like okay, some of these players are breaking out and perhaps could. Um, you know, be more than that. And early in the season, it looked like Jack Swinski could have been that guy. And he has one terrible slump in the major leagues and they send him down. And what now his career is nose driven into the ground. Like the pirates are, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing in terms of like, getting the best out of their players. I think that's where the big disconnect is, is getting the most out of their players, whether that is developmentally, whether that's straight up mentally getting in their head. Cause you know, you look at someone like Solinsky; he gets sent down. He had some success in the major leagues. Now he's probably just over trying and doing all he can do to get back to the majors. And it's, it's, you know, biting him in the in the rear. Um, it's just looking ahead, because that's all we can really do. I mean, looking ahead to twenty twenty three, who knows if Brian Reynolds is still on this team? Um, I would like to hope he is, but you just never know with with this front office. You have Cabrian Hayes. You have O'Neill Cruz, who we haven't really talked about on this pod. I don't care. I don't care if Cruz hits, you know, 199, 249, 398 for the rest of the season. That's that's his current line, 205 plate appearances. You give him every opportunity. You let him fall on his face this season. Who cares? Um, he needs the reps. He needs the at-bats. He needs to learn. Um I, I I can't stand seeing, uh, you know, O'Neal, O'Neal Cruz does something incredible and all the comments are, what's his batting average? What's his batting average? Like, who cares? Um, yeah, he's striking out 38.5% of the time, and he has struggled in certain aspects. The defense started out really solid, but has since, I mean, it's still pretty solid, but it, it, it's not as good as it was when he first came up there's there's been some uh some bumps in the road for O'Neill cruz i don't care He he's he's the shortstop of the future he just is so you have him next year but then other than that i mean what do you have offensively kevin newman's still around i guess that's someone else i wouldn't mind seeing traded uh ben gamel still has some years of control i believe but Whenever you start getting into Ben Gamble territory, actually, no, he is a free agent after uh, this season, but free agency aside, whenever you get into Ben Gamble being like your fourth best player, that's a problem. Ben Gamble is a, he's a bench bat. Um, That just shows you where the, the state of the team is because yeah, these young players have just been bad and they need time obviously, but, I don't know. I fear that there's like a good 10 10 guys that Sherrington traded for and they're just all not major league players. That is the fear. And yeah, on the pitching side, um, you know, um, you look at you look at Ronzi, Mitch and JT. That's about it. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's – I don't know where this roster is going. Um, offensively, there's really no hope for it. I, I'm i at the point where maybe Brian Reynolds should be dealt, you know, because, I mean, you can tell – Let's get five more quad A players. Yeah, five more that will never <laughs> see the majors, and if they do, they're going to fall flat on their face. But at the same yeah. time, you can tell he's very frustrated at where the state of the franchise is. Um. And I don't blame him. He's obviously not performing up to his expectations, but so maybe a change of scenery would be good for him, but I know that's not what everybody wants to hear so. Um, but I could open I could welcome it now. Uh, yeah, getting into Ben Gamble territory. love the guy, but man he, we're at the point now where we can get better players for him. Kevin Newman probably our most consistent hitter lately, so maybe bringing him back wouldn't be a terrible thing. O'Neill Cruz, he's got great pop. But, yes, his strikeout rate needs to come down a little bit, which he can work on. Like you said, sample size is very low. His batting average in 2022 doesn't really matter, so especially in that small sample size. So I don't know why people get so huffy and puffy about that. Defensively, he needs to improve on his errors. That's my big thing with him. He's He's been very error-prone lately, and if he can tighten that up, he'll look a lot better. Um, Key Brian – I, I don't care if this gets me blasted on Twitter by his siblings or not, but man, he cannot hit there is he's not a two fifty hitter but yet he is hitting two fifty and yeah, he's great defensively, but the guy a is injury prone he he can't hit consistently, and when he does, it's not like I said before, I feel like he was trying too hard to blast home runs using that you know magic exit velo but I think he just needs to stick with the basics because when he was hitting for contact, he was much more efficient. Pitching wise, Rowansi, if they quit manipulating him, yeah, he's going to look great. Mitch Keller has looked better. He's had his moments of, you know, falling on his face, but he's looked so much better this year. Brew, I'm not totally sold on. I think he's terrible. I think he needs to go. I don't think he's the greatest pitcher in the world. He has his moments of brilliance, but he's not great. I think we could get a much better platoon of, of starters that could easily push him out of the rotation. Hopefully he does improve throughout the remaining course of the season, but I don't know. I'm not completely sold on him. Bullpen. I I don't know what I can't get an accurate read on it because our starters are so bad that we're gassing our bullpen every day. So it's, you know, we have probably really good relievers, but we use them way too much. Bednar is a perfect example of it, but yeah I, I don't know this like we really need to hit the free agent market and, and trade fire this off season because if we don't we are royally screwed
0: yeah and I don't really see that happening because they are the pirates, and that is not what they do but uh I will push back on Brubaker a little bit i think i think he's been solid this season he, him and mitch keller have uh they've really they've really taken a step forward in my opinion since since last season, Mitch Keller especially, but Brubaker, you look at him, the F4 is 2.1, so among current Pirates, he is is the highest. Um, But yeah, like you said, there's just, there's so many holes on this team, there's so many gaps, and they're just, they're not really being filled, and kind of like I said, uh, it's just, it's a whole bunch of players that, Aren't very good right now. And they are young and they are inexperienced. But I guess from a team building philosophy standpoint, you can only have so many young players that are inexperienced without some guidance to where they just it's they're hopeless. Um this team was better with Daniel Vogelbach, whether whether he brought something, you know. Besides his play to the clubhouse, they were better. The team was better. They were more watchable. Um, some veteran influence—it goes a longer way, I think, than than just what they do on the field. It's it's about creating a, a team culture of comfort, getting in the ballpark of of just maybe not comfort, but of of just you know feeling feeling like you belong feeling like you can look up to someone get some guidance from player wise and you look at the pirates i mean brian reynolds is that guy he's he's the star of this team but that's it that's the only guy that anyone i guess ben, ben Gamble a little bit but like i said ben Gamble isn't that great so i guess you know he's slightly above average hitter but the point is I don't know, you, you come to the park, you're a young guy, you're oh for your last 16, like, what, what do you do? Like, you just, it's, it's tough, it's tough to get out of these holes, and I feel like all of these pirates simultaneously are just in a, they're just in a terrible spot right now, and you can blame the hitting coach, you can blame front office, you can blame the talent itself, it's just it's tough to watch, and I mean, I'll segue this. It ain't going to get much easier for the Pirates. Um, Looking at the schedule moving forward, I mean, they're playing a bunch of teams that are trying to win. Um, Starting tonight, Friday, August 26th, uh, the weekend series, the Pirates are at Philadelphia. Following that, they're at Milwaukee. They come home. They host Toronto. They then host the Mets. They then host St. Louis. So you look at that. That is five straight series of teams that are playoff hopefuls. Um, you know, you look at it, Philly. Philly's in the wild card hunt. Milwaukee is also in the wild card hunt slash Holding on barely, but trying to get that NL Central division. Um, they're currently six games back. But then you look, Toronto. Toronto is fighting for an AL wildcard spot. Um, New York, the Mets, they are fighting for the NL East title. They're currently two games up on Atlanta. In the NL East, they're 18-46, so good luck, Pirates, whenever whenever the Mets come to town. And then the Cardinals, who lead the NL Central. That's 15 straight games. The Pirates are 47 and 77 currently. After those 15 games, I I wouldn't be surprised if they come out of that maybe like 50 and 89, meaning... They win three of those games if they're lucky and lose 12. So that's, that's the schedule coming up. And then after that, they're at Cincy, who gives them problems, back in New York for five games to play the Mets. Sorry, six games in New York to play the Mets and the Yankees. The Mets for four, Yankees for two. That's five losses at least. Come home, play Chicago for four. Those are probably some games they can win. Cincinnati for three. Maybe those are some games they can win. Then they have six straight games against the Cardinals. And depending on how much the Cardinals need those games, Cardinals might win all six of them. So you look at the schedule, there is about a month's worth of games left. That is about... 35 to 40 games. I don't feel like doing the math right now, but there's a world where the Pirates only win 10 more games this season. There really is. And you look at that, that would put them at 57 and 105. That would put them worse than they were last year. And I know my big thing talking all season has been, I just want to see... This team improve. Um, you know, in 2020, during the shortened season, they were the worst team in baseball. Who cares? It's only a 60-game season. doesn't really matter that much. Um, they got the first pick out of it. It's whatever. Last season, 61 and 101, I believe. All right. First full season of the rebuild it's uh it's not terrible. I mean, it's not great. It's not good at all, but it's not it's not that big of a deal. But if they finish this season 2022 with 50 something wins, I don't know. This 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 team has some real some real soul searching to do. Some real where do we go ne- next? some real decisions to make on who to keep, who not to keep. And uh, it's going to be ugly. The rest of the season is going to be ugly. This team has been playing lifeless for weeks now, and the schedule only gets harder. There's going to be more 10-run losses. There's probably going to be some more games in which the Pirates give up 20 runs. We're probably going to see Josh Van Meter pitch again at some point. Um That's just the reality of the situation, and it's not great right now. It is really not great as I pour myself a cup of water because, uh, you know, i got to wash my mouth out talking about the pirates. It's just, it's that bad. They stink that bad. I got bad breaths talking about them. Let me sip said water. It's a little better. Um, All right. Philly series specifically here. Looking at the matchups. If anyone still cares. I don't really care that much, to be honest. I will say the Pirates. They've kind of broken me. They've kind of broken me as a fan. As someone that follows them. It's been that bad. But. But. We got Jake back. Um, Jake, I was just going over the schedule here a little bit, and we're looking at the Philly series. Excuse me. Um, At Philly tonight, we got Bryce Wilson, and he will be opposing Bailey Falter. I don't know who Bailey Falter is, but on the season, Falter has, let's see... What has he done? He's 1-3, 440 ERA, 40 strikeouts. I'm trying to see how many starts. I can't find it, but not really. He kind of seems like a nobody, to be honest. Uh, Bryce Wilson will be opposing him, speaking of nobodies. But uh, yeah, that's that matchup. Saturday, we have Tyler Bede against Kyle Gibson. Kyle Gibson has been... Decent this season, 8-5, four thirty ERA, 105 strikeouts. And on Sunday, we have Rowanzi Contreras. It'll be Rowanzi Day. Nice little flamethrower matchup. He will be opposing Noah Syndergaard. And if there's one game I want to win, it's probably this one because as Noah Syndergaard famously said, I think it was a few years ago, maybe it was about a year ago, he was watching MLB TV, and the Pirates were on. And he's like, I don't want to watch the Pirates. The Pirates suck. So I hope the Pirates can get revenge on him. He's 8-8, eight eight, 377 ERA. Do you see the Pirates winning any of these games, Jake? Uh,
1: I, I don't know. Um, I think they m- could win tonight, but... It's hard to decipher whether the Pirates are going to win any of these games because the Phillies get Bryce Harper back tonight. Um, so they have him, they have Schwarber, they have all their other good offensive players. Um, the only thing that we could possibly do is not screw up offensively because, I mean, Falter uh, is 1-3 with a 440 ERA, probably doesn't have the best numbers on baseball savant. Uh, so, I mean, it's tonight looks to be our only opportunity I don't think we're going to win our opener game tomorrow. Kyle Gibson is normally good against the Pirates, and I, I mean, it's I just have a funny time believing that we're going to win tomorrow Sunday. Possibly if our offense shows up and we don't get treated to a typical Sunday offense behind Rowansy, because I feel like Contreras could shut down the Phillies. But it's our offense that I think are that's not going to show up to play, and Cindergard is just going to torch us. I'm with you. I want to see us take advantage of him because of what he said about the pirates but can we really blame him for what he said. <laughs> I mean, he speaks the truth. It's not like we're a great team and he's just saying that like it's yeah. That's true.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like I can say it, you're not allowed to say yeah. it.
1: Um but I I kind of hope we won. <laughs> but realistically, I don't see us winning any. If I'm looking to be optimistic, I see us winning tonight and tonight only.
0: Yeah, I feel that. And um it's funny. I was I went through the rest of the schedule for the rest of the year while you were uh, gone there for a second and basically concluded that there's a real chance that the Pirates only win about 10 more games for the rest of the season. Um, I would put them at 57 and 105, and I was just kind of thinking what would happen if that actually happened, you know, what would that mean? For the organization And I don't know if you have any thoughts What what happens to the Pirates if they win 57 games This season
1: Probably nothing <laughs> um, I mean, Carrington already said that Shelton's going to be back, which I've sat and thought about it And I have to take back some of my hatred for Shelton Yes, he makes some boneheaded decisions at times But like you've said many times He's been given a terrible team to pick with But he also is responsible For starting Josh Van Meter every pissing day So Nothing's going to happen with him. I would hope and pray that something happens with the hitting coach and possibly Oscar Marine. Um, Just because everything has just been so damn bad this year. But Marine has, I guess, turned around some pitchers. But Andy Haynes needs fired. His, His hitting philosophy sucks. And if you're doubting that it's not solely his fault for the drop in offense, you're dumber than I actually think. Um, it's it's all on his shoulders. He's the hitting coach. He needs to be overseeing when things happen. So, if anything, I would hope that he's fired, but he's probably not going to be because Charrington will probably say in his postseason uh, press conference that he likes where the direction of the team is going behind clenched teeth. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I don't think there's going to be a mass overhaul of the staff. If there is great, and it shows that, that Charrington and Nutting actually care somewhat, but I'm sorry, we'll, we'll if we lose 105 games, I don't see much of anything happening. I think it'll just be credited to young players, inexperienced guys who haven't had much time in the MLB, and really the Pirates trying to find find their footing. That's that's what I predict happening.
0: Yeah, and I did the math. There's actually 38 games left the Pirates. So winning 10 of those that I mean, honestly, I might be a tall task they They might win eight of those. They might finish the season with like 55 wins. Honestly, I with how things have looked post all-star break, get ready for some more eight game losing streaks. And I was saying as well, get ready for some more 20 run games given up, get ready for Josh van meter to start pitching again. Um, this schedule is brutal for these final 38 games. So I honestly, I don't, I don't know if they're going to win 60. I don't know if they're going to get to 57. And I was thinking, I was like, wh- what would it take to get Ben Sherrington actually fired? Because I, I don't know. I, I was saying uh, before, you know you look at the the 60 game season, whatever, it's not a real season. who cares what happens? Pirates got the first pick. like to me that's a win that was a that was a fake season. last year, sixty one and 101, whatever, first full season of the rebuild there it was bad, but there was some glimmers of of goodness in there. I'm fine with it, but if they take a step back this season. My big thing is I've, I just want to see improvement from year to year. That is all I want to see. But taking a step back from 61 wins, that's pathetic. That's a fireball offense. You, you look at the roster, you just, I don't know. Sherrington burned down a perfectly mediocre to bad roster and turned it into just an unplayable quad A wonderland of nothingness, no future. And, I mean, you look at the... The prospect list, yes, there's people coming up. A lot of those people are Neil Huntington guys. Um, Sherrington's blue-chip prospects that he's brought on are, you know, Henry Davis, who's the first overall pick, Tamar Johnson, who's the fourth overall pick,
1: and what else? Uh, Andy Rodriguez, who's really the only trading prospect. Yeah,
0: Andy Rodriguez, who was a throw-in. In the Musgrove trade at the very last second, and then uh you know paguero, I guess, but he he's been kind of meh and Nick Gonzalez, who's just coming back from injury, not looking great uh considering some of the other draftees in his class are flourishing in the major leagues already, so I don't know if they win fifty seven games i i'll 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 hop i'll hop aboard the Ben Sherrington needs to go train. I don't care. I've been holding out hope, but I I was saying before, the Pirates have broken me, and Ben Sherrington has broken me. And if they if they finish this season, you know, eight and thirty over these last 38 games, which seems possible, I'll be done. I will be done.
1: Yeah, me too. And I mean, I've already been on the downward slide in terms of believing this organization was on a good spin or, you know, uh, and, and just that we were heading in some sort of any direction. But, man, it's not looking promising. That's uh, There's really not much to say. Rehashing what we said when we first started the episode, there's really not much to say other than things have just been awful. And who knows when better days will come. Yeah, I think that's a good place to wrap up, Jake. Do you have anything
0: else you want to talk about before we go?
1: not particularly the only thing i can say is i hope g1 bay gets called up maybe a few other guys and we see the we see some of the guys that are on the roster now take a hike because this is this bad that's all i can say it is bad jake where can we follow you on twitter follow me on twitter at underscore radio jake what about you nate
0: follow me at nathan underscore hirsch and of course follow bucks dugout at bucks dugout check out bucks com. jake It's been swell talking to you. Hopefully the football season goes nicely. You got any favorites? I guess you really can't talk favorites for high school football.
1: I mean, we cover a whole conference, so yeah. But we can, I mean, yeah, we can't really talk about favorites for that. But (laughs) college, Pitt, IUP, um, professional, Steelers, obviously. And obviously the guys I select for fantasy, I hope they flourish this year. As do
0: all right that is it for us we'll be back soon enough to talk about the dumpster fire that is the pittsburgh pirates for now though everyone have a great rest of your day and peace out